Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athlete's phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes. Or you can use what we've added to our, our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's Hydration Station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student-athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com slash community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com slash community and check it out today. Hello! And welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely killer talk with Gardner-Webb University's Director of Athletic Performance, Chris McCormick. And Chris is going to get right into talking about real-world issues that he sees as a director. Um, And this is stuff that he not only sees at his place of employment, but conversations that he's had with multiple directors around the country. You know, we're going to start out by talking about what issues he sees, and as a profession, how we can bring those to the forefront and and what we need to do about them. That leads right into us talking about how culture impacts, you know, what they do in the weight room and how the player personalities impact how they program as well down there at Gardner-Webb. You know, then he shares with us, you know, how he uses open discussion with athletes and coaches to, to, again, dictate the direction that programming goes and how they determine, you know, the, the, the whole idea of you can't uh, serve two masters, how they determine what works and what doesn't, and how they're able to move forward 
based on those discussions. You know, when we finish off talking about, you know, how you can run your business, your weight room like a business and how athlete monitoring fits in with that and how at the end of the day, all it needs to do is lead to better communication with other departments. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm fired up for this one. We were just talking about some stuff off camera, and I think this is going to be pretty big time. So uh, let, let, let's wrap, buddy. What's, what's going on down there, Gardner-Webb? What do you got on your mind, and, and how can we get things moving forward here? It's going good. Uh, we're finishing up the semester. Um, you know, we're in dead week right now going into finals and just reviewing things and you know, kind of talking about some of the social media posts that are getting pretty hot and heavy about athlete development and multi-sport athlete and all these things. And, you know, sometimes, and it's probably a topic that's not talked about, but some of the things that we don't hear in strength and conditioning, I see a lot of stuff about buy-in and culture and, and all these things. And sometimes feel like I'm the only coach that may not always have that in certain situations. We got 22 teams here. Um, and that's nothing against those teams, but in terms of the issues, you don't hear a lot of the issues on social media. Um, and I think that's a good topic maybe to hit of it's not always green and grand at every, at every position and every situation we have and how we can better handle those situations. Uh, strength coaches, especially if you're not hired by the coach and you're over a department, um, that's something I know I've, I've learned a ton in my almost three years here. So, Yeah. I think that there's a lot of topics we can run with there, but let's let's go with the, the last one and work our way back. So what are some things that you've run into? Like what what's what are some things that, that you know, it isn't all sunshine and rainbows, you know, but if you go to a symposium or a, a clinic, you would figure that 95% of strength coaches out there all have great kids that work really hard. Um, some... Would even say like half of them probably say that they have the hardest working team in America. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty interesting thing because there should only be one of those. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's uh, let's let's run down that rabbit hole a little bit. So I mean, I think it's it's a huge topic, especially depending on what position you have. So I, you know, I'm a director. I'm over men's basketball and football and a couple other teams, and I have assistants. I have a staff. But when you get hired, and I think this is just good advice for anybody kind of going into it is, um, you know, you have your culture, you have your values. And we talk about as a staff all the time is that, you know, a lot of sports coaches want to go off the bat to say that the culture and the tone is set in the offseason in the weight room and that bleeds into the season. Well, was if you don't have a good season or your team necessarily doesn't have a culture that they can even define and how much can you make up for that in the weight room? And I think that's something sometimes I've seen it, you know, necessarily teams here, but other places and just having conversations like this um, where you sometimes think that you see things on social media like they've got it figured out. They had an awesome off season. People are tweeting this stuff and putting it on Instagram like, you know, we're about to get after it and then you don't have a good season. And then you get into this situation where it's like, okay, what do we go from here? And that's where you start getting things, I think, with sports coaches and them saying what they want. It's their team. This is the direction we want to go. Um, but how much our role is impactful in that, but also our role of doing things that necessarily might not be the most physiological or you know, 
biology-wise the best things, but what's going to be best for that team culture? Um, and I think those are the questions I don't see a lot of people talk about, and it's like the hard, fast. I told my staff the other day, it's like, when you're in high school, no one tells you how to balance your checkbook. Like, these things that you should know how to do, you never get taught. And I think a lot of times we don't hear those things in strength and conditioning, and I think that's something we need to talk more about of how we handle these situations when things aren't 100%, because we're not all winning in every single sport. And especially some of us in main sports where you may have success and then you don't, and there's no coaching changes or you have a ton of coaching changes, I think all those factors kind of go into it and how you handle that. I think that's a great question for our field. I just don't see a lot of it other than just my personal conversations. So. Yeah, no, and I love that because it is something that is, I mean, one, like that word culture, like that gets thrown around like, you know, like a baseball. I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah. well, it's like, it comes down to you got to change the culture or the culture was bad when we got here. Or the, we got great culture. Well, well, I mean, what is, how do you define culture? Like, what is it? And then I guess that my question with you to follow that would be, if we are looking at that and you're defining culture and you have a definition, but there are changes that need to be made in the program that you don't feel are the best for the student athlete, but are the way the sport coach wants us to go. Yep. How, how are you talking to your staff about handling that? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think a great example is, I mean, you do the one by 20, you mm -hmm. use those, those concepts. Um, I mean, we, we both know Matt and Yosef and all those guys really well. There's instances here where I've experimented with certain teams and people have maybe heard me talk about it or specialized exercise or whatever you want to go down the rabbit hole of strength and conditioning wise. I've seen tremendous results. And you can even see giving results to coaches and it becomes a thing of, well, I don't care. I want it to maybe look a different way. And, you know, this talk of minimal effective dose and all these things, everyone talks about doing it and implementing it and everything like that. But what happens when you implement it and there's not results and there might have to be a revert. And I think that's a big thing with some of our, you know, our sports coaches and, and the divide a lot of the times is that, you know, you'll have sports coaches that don't care and they don't come to the weight room. You have sports coaches that this is the way I want my program to look and you're part of it. And this is what I expect. And, and figuring where you're at with your staff, too, and, and getting them. And it's, a, you know, it's a huge psychology component of not only getting an athlete to buy in, but you want that coach to buy in, too. Because a lot of the times you can win a lot of games and there might not be any impact from strength and conditioning you might see them one time a week during the in season but they go undefeated in conference play or we know strength coaches that do an awesome job and then they don't win a lot of games and they're not part of a team that's winning a lot of games so just how that is of where we're finding our impact but i think in communicating with our staff it's becoming it's not just the sets and reps like most of us say, but it's figuring out what we're trying to match up with the culture of that other team. Would doing this type of thing actually work with this team for the athletes? Because I've asked athletes after seasons go, what would you like to see more of? And they tell me, you know, if you don't do a lot of Olympic lifting, they would like to see more of it. Okay, well, if I put that in, is that going to give another edge to them where they believe even more than what we're doing? But they see results. Um so I think there's so many things that kind of go into it. It's just there's so many pieces in this puzzle 
and especially the added component of a sports coach that the farther I've been in strength and conditioning, it's like, okay, A, I'm trying to make people happy, but B, what is going to lead to the overall success instead of me being my own kind of silo, which happens a lot of times. It's like, this is what we're supposed to do. And I'm the one that has the knowledge where you have a sports coach that's been in the field for 20, 30 years, that balance there. And if it doesn't improve in terms of the buy-in and all those things, now where do we go with it? Um, And I think, like I said, I think that's something we don't talk a lot about because we talk about our results and vertical jumps and squats, and then it's all set to go. And then the season happens and then you don't hear anything else and where people are going with those questions and what they're doing with their staffs too. So that's interesting. So then what are some kind of KPIs, if you may, that you're using to help kind of drive those decisions or is it going to be completely based on, feedback and how the team acts and and those sort of things well i think you know if it's strength numbers if it's explosive numbers i mean we use a lot of explosive numbers here in terms of jumps and and, you know different throw variations we use strength numbers some coaches are bigger on it than others um but i think strength is the easy one depending on how you believe and what's the best way of developing strength and if you have specific kpis in that when you give those things to coaches then to them, how do they see that? And then what is the next step of we're at this point here Then what's going to be on? And is it more about the results for a coach? You know, I've heard some guys say before, like a lot of coaches, I think it was Tony Holler. He said, he was like, coaches would rather lose their way than win someone else's. And that, I mean, you think about that and you're just like, sometimes that can be true, I think. And, mm-hmm. and for us of there's a lot of ways and a lot of roads that lead to Rome to develop these qualities okay, well, then what's going to be the best way for this X team? Because for cross country, the one by 20 might be the best. When you start getting into football, is that going to be the best thing, even though you know it's going to lead to results? Now, how are we going to do this to package it for the perception of how it's going to look? Um, And that's something I've realized. I mean, my background's in psychology. So the more, you know, I've learning more about neurotyping and Christian Thibodeau, he's talking about this stuff and it makes more sense to me of like, there's so many ways to do this stuff and obviously there's a lot of tools we can use, but what's going to match up the best for even the cultures to bleed into that. So there is even more confidence in the results that we have and not just a number that it can tie to an athlete, but how can we match it up in the long run? So we get that off the bat. Then we're driving through because I see 22 different cultures here. We have everyone from swim to wrestling to football. So it is all different. And um, I think that's expanded my mind, but I think, you know, looking at that from that way and using those KPIs for the different sports and driving that home. Now, the number one KPI is you got to win. So when you're a part of that, if there's not success, then where are we reevaluating in that kind of vicious cycle of going over and over of like, now what do we change? What do we keep? What is this party saying? This is this party saying, what's my staff saying as we collaborate to kind of move forward? No, I love that. And it, I guess then that leads us right into like looking at this, you know, how then once you've broken this down, do you see it as it's because it's a it, it is it's a support role. You know, there's some people that like to talk about the service and this and that. Yeah. I think that might be a little extreme, but, you yeah. know, it's a support role. Yeah. So then 
when you're looking at all this and you're breaking it down, because if it is a service role, we both know you can't serve two masters. Yeah. Do you look at this more than as support for the student athletes or support for the sport coach? Because when you're taking that dual feedback, there are times where they're not going to be even freaking close. Yeah. So how do you determine that then when you guys are doing that? I mean, from my director role, I think for me it becomes more I'm taking in so much information from everybody and especially teams that I don't directly train. Like I met with a coach today that I don't directly train and it's more of a, you know, oversee of their program with one of my staff members and trying to get ideas of how they can improve what's going on from the season. But then we've sent out anonymous questionnaires and we hear something totally different, like you said. And it's not a, you know, X, you know, X equals Y type of situation. It's, okay, what do you think is going to help improve you for next season? Something that you like, you don't like. And we do the same thing with these coaches. Um, But I think a lot of it depends on your role. Because if you are hired by an athletic department, then it becomes, obviously you want the well-being for them. That's what we're here as the student athletes to tell a lot of our coaches, like if you don't get bring student athletes into the weight room, I don't have a job. Like there's plenty of schools that don't have strength coaches. So from that realm, yes, we are serving the coaches, but if we don't serve the student athletes, then the product won't be there for these coaches. And we all want the same thing. I think communication is one of the biggest misnomers that there's a lot of communication between strength coaches and all, you know, these performance teams that are getting built with athletic training and all that, but we still don't have like a list of glossary of terms where we're talking about the same thing. I mean, it's very easy for a sports coach to say people need to get stronger when we don't even have a true definition for the sports coach and what strength is, if that's explosive strength or maximal strength, you know, there's these things that people just shoot off the hip a lot of the times if they've been super successful in a situation or not where it's just not aligning. And I've seen it a lot as a director where I've had communication. I go in and talk to the sports coach, and then I'm like, well, I'm saying the same thing my staff member may have said, but I'm saying it in a different way. And now you're like, yeah, I love that. And then you've told me the same thing to my staff member, and then it's not the same. Uh, So I think communication is huge. I think as a profession, we have to do a better job of preaching really what our service is. And if that is just helping the sports coaches and their athletes, then we need to define that. But we all don't want that. We don't want to be a servant of two masters. We're here to help and to produce and all of those things, but we can't get caught up with the sports coaches. And I don't know how to do that. I think Bob Alejo has talked about having somebody in the administrative role. And eventually one day I want to go into administration and seeing that of like, we don't really have a voice any higher than us. It's like, we're kind of just here, but many of the times they don't question athletic training ever the medical side. So it's like, okay, for us, where are we in this mix? And we feel what athletic training feels a lot of the times and we get close, but I think that barrier there, it's hard to really answer that question you asked because Sometimes we don't know, unless you know your defined role. I think sometimes when you're hired by a sports coach, then you know who you're answering to. But if there's not oversight, there's not the cultures, there's not all of those things, then I think we get lost sometimes of where do we sit and where is our seat at the table in this whole scheme of things. So. No, and I think that that makes a lot of sense, and that's some stuff that we've actually run into here 
So I guess that I'll ask you the question, and then we can talk about that, kind of how it works in both places, and that is, do you think that's our fault? You know, that people don't understand those things and, like, the glossary and understand what we can do or, like, what skill sets we possess or services we can provide or, or where we can be in all of this. You know, like, is, is that our fault? I think some people would say it is because if you do compare athletic training to strength and conditioning, I think at the NSCA conference that was in Charlotte and I think it was – uh, January, they talked about a lot that, of how much athletic trainings conference and their certification is clearly defined in what they are. And we have several different types of certifications, things like that. And how much have we really defined of, you know, we've talked about with our athletic department staff, the beginning of the year, we have a smaller one of having a presentation of these terms of, that are the glossary definitions of when we say this, or you say this, this is what they both mean. Just like when you talk to your sports coaches about, movements and plays and all these things everyone knows what those words mean but we've not really done that so much because there's so many different ways because i think a lot of times the default will either be a sports coach will say well this is what we did before this is what i did when i played but they're not up with what the research is and which a lot of us are looking at but again i think a huge part of it is when sports coaches are hiring these coaches directly and they're answering to the sports coach versus an athletic director or an administrative team hires a strength coach for a department. Like that's where it gets lost because now certain people only have to answer to certain people. And I think, I think it, it's our fault in part, but I don't know how much we have to do to get that across. And I think that's a huge question of what would it take? So everyone understands what we're doing. I mean, some people in my family still don't know what my job is. So like, you know what I mean? Like that's the sad part is like, they just don't understand well, if my family doesn't understand, then I think that's a huge part. Even if I explain it to them on the most basal level with sports coaches, how do we edit? And that's that more infiltration in their conferences into their things instead of us doing our own thing. Where do we have that position? I think with coaches of, are we on your staff? Are we kind of just on the side and some, and it's different everywhere. I've seen it different everywhere. So I know some people are having the problem, but we just don't talk about it. I feel until it becomes a serious issue at certain places. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's starting to get that way at a lot of places, to be honest. Yeah. Like kind of that borderline serious issue because, you know, you start looking at things when we're talking about, you know, like Bobby brings up a lot when he talks to compensation and what we're worth and this and that and people not understanding what they have and who's on their staff yeah. and what they can do. Um, well, I do believe that's definitely a two-way street. Um, I think there's probably two or four lanes on our side and one or two on the sport coaches and the administrative side. For sure. I think that it's, it's only probably half of that because they should know what they're hiring, they should know what they're paying, and they should know what's going on underneath them. It's our fault, I think, for two reasons. One is because for the most part, most part, in, in a biased point of view most strength and conditioning coaches or whatever we want to call ourselves this week yeah <laughs> they do well enough that they don't screw up bad enough that people need to worry about what they're doing that's very true comma we still can't prove that what we do has a direct impact on the outcome of performance 
You know, like, if, if all of a sudden we get the top five freaking freshmen coming in next year, yeah. it doesn't mean that I became the greatest basketball strength and conditioning coach in America. It means <laughs> we got five freaking dope ballers that are in here hooping, <laughs> killing it. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, like, it could be the best job I ever did. Nobody will ever know For because sure. we got guys that are just hooping. Now, yeah. when you, the next part, and I think this thing's caused a lot of trouble, but it does a lot of good, yeah. is a place that we should be communicating with that stuff more. And I think it was uh, Coach D just put something up on Team Builder about how using social media and this and that. Yeah. And I think that there's some stuff that, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of that, that, that ebb and flow to it that I don't like some things. I don't, I don't ever follow kids that have eligibility. I just think that that's creepy. Um, yeah, no. And I don't want to know. Like, if you come in on a Friday, I know what Thursday was. I don't need to see it, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to come in and be like, you know, these MFers before I even start the day. <laughs> um, I just want to be, like, ready to go. Yeah. But – you know, we've started, we, I've started putting stuff out that we're doing because one, people have asked for it, like yeah. coaches, they're like, but what do you, What you know, some of them ask it and then some ask that question, like, yeah, well, what does he do anyway? Okay, well, here it is. Yeah, like, I have nothing to hide. Yeah, dude, like, I, my weight room's two racquetball courts. I literally can't hide. <laughs> like, the, the building is never locked. Just walk in. Yeah. You can see whatever you want. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but so that admin understands like yeah these these readiness readings this is what we're looking at like these are the three things and this is why we're looking at it and this is like what drives some changes like yeah this is why we have these force plates and this is what we're looking at and this is what it's going to drive changes yeah now if they don't look at it well so it goes but we've actually even talked about like trying to hold almost like short clinics as to like some things, you know, because yeah. as we start to keep moving forward, you know, like the first time you saw Moyer or Maddie or Yosef or, or doc pull the yeah. bands out and start doing the paw back. I'm sure the first thing you thought didn't think was, wow, that's awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was like, what's this crap? Like, yeah, but it works, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then when Heiderscheidt's talking about how like that action is what's important for, decreasing your risk of hamstring pulls well now all of a sudden we're cooking with something yeah so like i think that a lot of these things you know an extensive method jumps are another thing you know um different methods by another dutch man are another thing you know where (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) just i gotta get the bosh in there somewhere it gets mad you know so it's like getting those things involved like you look at them and on the outside it's like hmm but when you can break it down and give someone like a five or 10 minute lesson as to what you're doing and what it's supposed to do and why it's important, well, then they can make a decision. Yeah. And I think Bob's, he had an article on simply faster about running your weight room, like a business. It's probably one of the best things I've read. Cause a, it's not sets and reps. B I looked at it and I'm like, you know, he had like a services sheet and then he had a, like a quick sheet he'd give, to his superior 
And it, like you said in the article, it was like, if you give this to your superior, so for me, it would be my athletic director. That's who I answer to. He'll never be like, well, you never told me this happened. Like in the weight room, like someone got a record or we're working on some project. And I thought about that. I'm like, in the same concept of, well, may, they may not even look at it, but still, I don't ever want it to be I'm covering my own tail. I want it to be this is what we're doing, and I'm not promoting myself. I just want to let you know this is what's going on. Because with issues that are going on in strength and conditioning, it's like, I know Ryan Horst talked about, like, they had a player that, like, almost died in the situation, and now they do all this testing, and it's like, you have to have documents now. And the, the way of social media and all these things going on, like you can lose your job quick if you are not documenting what is going on in your weight room. But if you're taking it just to cover your own tail and like, well, I'm just doing this. Well, I think that's the wrong attitude for us. But that's why I talk about like just presenting to our athletic department. This is what we do. This is what we believe. And just some of your case studies and those things that you've done in the past. I mean, that's why I tell people, if you want to know what we do, I will send you every Excel file I have. And I will show you everything we've done to get these results before and after. So if you want to come question me, you don't just think I'm like fibbing to you that we do these things. Like, this is what we do. Like I have nothing to hide. Um, but I don't think we're that even to that point with the majority of the strength coaches because the strength and conditioning field is wonderful. Every, I mean, majority of people I meet girl or guy are, you talk to them, they will go out of the way to help you. But I think there's still some sacred cows in our field where it's like they just don't want to touch it. And it's like, well, I can't share that. I don't want to do that. And I think it's not allowing us to move our field forward where if it is our fault and we need to recognize that, then we can do some more things on our end like that, like presentations and things like that. Of We can't just present to these athletes. we got to present to our administration, our coaches, of what our value really is and what we can do. And this is what's happened. So I don't get these off-landed from the hip fires at me of this is what is the problem and it's like no we're doing this to do this and we're doing this to prevent this and we actually have things in place and pillars in place um so we don't get that down the road so no doubt and i think too that like when you look at those presentations even more so i think that it it's something that like you know because as it ebbs and flows going back and forth with the whole sports science is you know, yeah. Not to keep going back and naming Bobby, but like how he's gone on that rant before. Um, Like now with basketball going four and four all year, like those monitoring type situations are going to come into greater play. Like, and I think that there's too many people that jump at too many different things before they even know manpower required, what the numbers mean, where they're going, what, what they're looking at. Like they don't have a question yet. You know, and, and too many people want to answer something that isn't a question. And that's yeah. impossible. Um, it, so I think that presenting where we could go and what we could do and what we're looking at and how what we do would fit with something like that is immensely important. Yeah, and I think sports coaches have to see that evolution and accept that evolution if it's going that way. Because I train basketball. So with that new rule and talking to coaches and, and, you know, the limited amount of time now that's even in the weight room is how much do I have to even do now with them because they're doing all the skill stuff on the court. And it, we don't have that technology. So for me, it's like, 
I have to be very finite in what I'm doing if they go all out on the skill stuff during the summer now, and they're playing enough basketball as it is. What's that four hours I'm going to do? Um, and spreading out the dose and, and all these things that we want to talk about. But I think getting sports coaches to see you want this result. Now let us step into more of an advanced role. But again, it's hard with staffing and all those other things, lower budgets and, and mid majors and everyone down to D3. I mean, it, it's moving along, but I think some other things that need to move along are not. So the gap is starting to widen a little bit. Um, so, yeah. And I think that, the more that we're able to find things that can impact what we're doing in a positive way without altering the world that they live in, yeah, the better yes. off we are. No, that's that's pretty well said. Because we we have to be the ones that make the change within the ceiling that is already there. Now, what are we doing to evolve? But if that's more marketing or promotion of what we're doing not to make ourselves more important, but I think that's what social media can do. And that's what some people have done with it. And it is a marketing tool, obviously of how important we can be. But again, I think a lot of us can look at it and go, well, how important are we? Like I can show this cool stuff I'm doing, but like if it doesn't lead to a change on the scoreboard, then where does that role come in and how important are we when we start looking at, an evaluation of our job and who is making that evaluation. If we feel we've talked about it, that we don't know the people that are above us actually can evaluate us properly. Well, then how do we give them the tools to evaluate us? If none of us are going into those positions. So that's a great point. And I think that's where education can come in. Cause like we educate athletes all the time. We try to get them to change stuff, but are we educating the right people? in the terms of not looking at jobs, but like we have to make everybody happy as much as we can. We can't, but are we giving the people above us the tools to say, this is how we should be evaluated. Has anyone ever asked that? Cause I've asked people, my athlete, or how do you evaluate me? And I know I've talked to, to Nate up at NC state and we've talked about it just like they're very, you know, subjective type of things. It's not, data-driven, anything like that, that we use in strength and conditioning. It's just um, the coaches like you, people don't get hurt. And you're like, okay. like And like you said earlier, I mean, it's just, that's not a problem. Don't worry about it. And I think that's, I think some of the issues of how people view our job too. No. So. That's awesome. Yeah, Nate and I spoke about that too quite a bit about, you know, that whole evaluation process. And it's, I don't know if we're ever going to have the answer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's probably the bigger question is how can we educate people as to how to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, man. I love that. I think that that's, uh, yeah, that's something definitely worth thinking about. But I think really at the end of the day, it just comes down to the fact that we need to be able to, um, better we like you said we communicate well we communicate with the kids and we communicate with the coaches but they don't understand what we're saying <laughs> really like yeah. really understand yeah so we need to educate better to those tributaries that connect to our profession that are really kind of what is important 
Yeah. I like it, man. I like it a lot. So where I don't are know people if this can change anything, but <laughs> No, you know, but it, that's the thing. Dude, we're, and, and I, I'm not going to change it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I we're in the the only room in the Robin Center that does not have an office. We we've got our cubicles down here. We have <laughs> If we have another earthquake in Virginia, I'm not making it out alive. I'm hoping that they got enough uh, that we got enough chocolate milk for for them to dig me out. But it's uh, you know, I do think part of it is is kind of it is our fault, and and I think that that's kind of what we've both reiterated here is that like we yeah. do need to. I think Brinks is right, man. Like we got to do that more, and I've got to do more of that. You know, I didn't this Wednesday. Um, mostly because I was worried because it's finals and I didn't want people to get the wrong idea that we're doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like understanding, I mean, even if it's as simple as why you do this, like, why do you bounce on and off a box? Well, because of this, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, oh, let's talk about said principle. You know I mean? Like they don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't. No. Like, just got to break it down and teach them, man. I love it. Yeah. So, so where can they see more of what's going on though at Gardner Webb? Because you guys don't shy away from sharing things. I mean, it's experimenting, seeing if we get results. I mean, we've tampered with everything from sled drags and West side style and not doing as much aerobic work and using more of that. Um, a lot of our pro day guys that are, attempting to go to the NFL. I experiment a lot on them. So they've been doing a lot of the stuff, a lot of the Franz Bosch stuff that I know Jeff loves. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just becoming more, and I think it's just experience with me and our staff. You know, I've been here almost three years, so I've gotten more comfortable in the setting. And I think I've tried a lot of things. If if you've seen anything that we put up, I mean, there's some off the wall stuff that, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I actually tried that. Um, but we've been, we've been fortunate to be able to do with a lot of teams. But again, I think the connection of I'm seeing more of what we're doing and how much it's going to match up to how the athlete kind of ticks and that psychological side and, and trying to figure out matching up a training style with how much they will buy into it and make it become their own idea. And I think, that is a huge part that I've maybe missed when I've been younger. Cause I just see sets and reps and Dr. Yes's stuff. And I hear all these things like it's the next best thing. There's so many tools and all the books I have up here. I mean, it, now I'm stepping back finally and just seeing it of then what do I implement at the right time and how I implement it and how I say it and how I present it. If it's visual or me just giving them what to do and seeing how over the years the athletes kind of react to it. Um, obviously there's a ton of things we still do, but I, I've kind of got out of that programming hole. And I think I was in it so much cause I just feel like I could get more and more and more and more. And I read and read and read and read. And then sometimes I think I just put too much stuff in where it's not of quality as much as it could be if I backed off and then realized how do I deliver this? And then it goes back to the communication aspect. Um, that's something I've really tried to improve on because I get bogged down in the, the science and all that stuff, but those relationships and everything like that and really getting the athletes to understand what we're doing. And then once I figure out they understand and what they 
feel works for them, then I start slipping those things in of the toolbox I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say it works all the time. Like I said, we there's teams that we struggle with, and there's teams that are we love to death, and they would do their thing without even me in this room. So I think that's a good summary of it. No, that's fantastic, dude. Really appreciate you taking the time today, man. This is awesome. No problem. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, brother. We'll be in touch real soon, bud. Yes, sir. See you, man. See ya. And a huge thanks to Chris McCormick for spending the time with us today. Guys, open, honest, candid sharing. A, a guy talking about the problems he's seeing and how they're trying to make things better and, and how they've been changing and moving forward. Absolutely priceless stuff. I cannot thank Chris enough for being so open and honest and candid with us today with everything that he shared. Chris, this is fantastic. Keep up the great work, brother. I truly appreciate it. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. If you know someone that could take something from this, tag them in the post below, shoot it to them on Twitter, shoot it to them in a direct message, whatever it may be. We are just trying to get the best information out there to all the fantastic coaches that we possibly can. And as always, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.